Okay, we're continuing in the Megillah. I just want to point out a discovery that I made. There was a discussion here a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know what to do with the discovery, but uh, I'll leave that up to everyone. We, um, we, my father, so he's here. So, um, the, um, because this was not him, so <laughs> this is making a coffee. Wait a minute. <coughs> so we, uh, we, when we translate the word Vayir Shushan Navaycha. So I said the year of Shushan was uh, confused. So it seems that many people understood the word to mean they cried, <coughs> which is not what the word means, like we said. Right. However, if you look at the Targum, in Targum it says that the city of Shushan was confused because the Goyim were happy and the Jews were crying. So if someone came to the city of Shushan, they saw a lot of confusion. There was on one half of the place was celebrating, and the other half of the place was crying. So that led to the confusion. So you see already crying made its way into this pasuk. Targum Sheni, which is not a riot to anything, because Targum Sheni does not translate words. Targum Sheni... um, is Midrashim, it's not a Raya, but Targum Sheni just says on the, on the words, Voyer Shushan Navaycha, that's how I got there, because I happened to notice it in the Targum Sheni, and I happened to have it underlined in my, uh, in my thing the, here. The word Nebuchadnezzar comes from that. From the book, the book of Himbarit. Oh, yeah? He's a confused person. So the Lashon of Targum Sheni is, Vikarta de Shushan Havabachya. The city of Shushan was crying. Well, that's what they, how Targum, now again, Targum Shani is not translating the words, but the kind, Targum Shani is Targum Shani, I don't know who Targum Shani is, Targum Shani is, uh, is, is, the, is a Targum on the Megillah, but it's a, it's Midrashim, so you go through it, you don't get every word exactly, but he doesn't say anything else other than the Melech and the Haman sat down to eat and to drink, and the city of Shushan was crying. So now, if that's a translation on Avaycha, or it's, like the Targum, regular Targum is saying that both were going on. I don't know, but crying does make its way into the Pasuk somewhere. Hence the tune. Okay. Back to where we're holding. So we are in Parakeh. And we are with Esther Hamalka has invited Haman and Achashverosh to a second party. Um, now, we'll just notice that she was trying to inflate Haman's ego here. Because in the first Pasuk, when she invited Machashverish uh, to the party, she said in Perak Hei Pasuk Dalit, she said, It means the king and Haman should come. So the party I made for him, meaning for the king. I made a party for the king, but I'm inviting Haman to come along. 
Now, she says in Pasuches, where we left off, She says, now she includes Haman in it. Now, she had different Kavanas. She wanted Haman to think, she, she didn't want Haman to be too uh, suspicious of what's going on over here. So she therefore, she wanted Haman to hear her say that she considers Haman as equal to Achashverosh. So he's not going to think she's trying to pull any shtick against him. If anything, she thinks that he's an equal. So she said, Asher Eselohem. The first time she was talking only that's the right way of saying it. But here she didn't want Haman to be suspicious of anything. So she said, you and the Melech, the Melech and Haman should come to the Mishta that I'm going to make for them. And then tomorrow, Esa Kidvar HaMelech. Again, like we said, because she had said that she didn't see a simon mina shamayim. She didn't see any sign from shamayim that she was yet matzliach and Klai Yisrael's tefillahs were niskabel. So she, since she didn't see anything, she was afraid to say anything yet. So she pushed it off, hoping as the tefillahs continue, and again as Klai Yisrael sees, she invited Haman again to a party, and they're going to say, forget, we cannot rely on her, we only rely on Hashem. Hopefully there will be Mishazik in tefillah, and the Yeshua will come. So Pasuk Tess in Parakeh is where we're starting. Well, Pashup Shah just means the king said, tell me what you want to do, what you want, and that, that's the Pashup Shah. Yeah. Okay, but uh, the Medrash says, whenever it says Malach, it means Hashem, that'll fit in. Yeah. So Haman went out on the day Sameach. Sameach is Besimcha, he's happy. Vitaiv Leiv says the, says the, um, says the Gra means he was unreserved. He had no fear of anyone. Till now, he had a little bit of suspicion. He knew Esther grew up in Mordechai's house, and here he's out to get Mordechai. So he was a little nervous that maybe Esther's going to ruin his plans. But now that Esther invited him to another party with the king, and said, Eselohem, so he said, that's it. She's on my side. I have nothing to worry about. Vesameach v'tayv leif. So now what happens? Now is why he was so full of anger at him. Here, now, he's no longer afraid of anything because he now, Esther, is in his pocket, in his mind. So now, Mordechai has no one to rely on. So what kind of chutzpah does Mordechai have not to bow down to me. Till now, you could say he relied Esther was the queen, and he's the one who, grew, who, who raised her. But now that Haman sees Esther is not on Mordechai's side, so he looks at Mordechai, and you're not bowing down to me? We have no one to rely on. Now the truth is, the, Mish, the Pasuk over here says, it doesn't say he didn't bow down. It says, he didn't get up, he didn't even move. Now, we mentioned last year, and uh, when we talked about it, that the, 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 the law was that kol avdi hamelech asher b'shar hamelech mishtach avim lohaman. You only had to bow down to Haman if you were in the shar hamelech, meaning if you were inside the gates in the courtyard of the king's palace, so there was a law that you have to bow down to Haman. If you're outside of the king's palace, thank you, if you're outside of the king's palace, there was no law that every person in Shushan had to bow down to Haman. 
Now, even though the Pasuk says he was Bishar HaMelech, we already know numerous Psukim that he was outside because he was wearing sackcloth. Ki He wasn't on the inside. He wasn't on the outside. So he did not have to bow down to Haman. No one had to bow down to Haman. So that's not really what enraged Haman here. But even if you don't bow down to him, you know what happens when someone Chashev comes into the room. You give us a little shakal, right? You get up, either you get up totally, or you give a little za, you move a little bit. So what happens? V'loi come, not only did he not get up, v'loi za, he wasn't even goyrus him. Ki'ilu enoi, says the Gra. He totally ignored him. Haman was non-existent in Marat Chazai. He didn't even acknowledge it. So that's, now that is not the original law, but Haman, who is this now def- uh, inflated ego here, sees Mardchai, he's not even goyrus him, so he was filled with an unbelievable anger. So now, what happens when a person is filled with an unbelievable anger right after a person is filled with such simcha is an emotional shock over here. So, he tried to hold himself back not to go and just clobber Mardchai. So he came home. So he brought his whole family. And he starts telling them how much riches he has and all his children. How the king originally made him so great. He lifted him up above everybody. And we said last year also that when he uh, it says Gidal Hamelech Achashverosh as Haman, he took his seat and he put it in the Congress of the advisors of, of Achashverosh all the way up on top. He was the highest possible it could be. It's okay. I'll drink a little bit. It's fine, don't worry. It's fine. So, so he um, he says he didn't he didn't bring anyone to, she didn't bring anyone to the party except me vigam lemachra ni karuloi mamelach and I am it's okay never mind shkech vigam lemachra ni karuloi mamelach says the grah what's going on over here what's he telling over his hal halachielech so the grah says it's a psychological thing he says when a person is besimcha gedayla uvetanugim gedaylim he has great joy he's enjoying himself. And all of a sudden, suddenly, he's filled with a ton of pain. Uh, with pain, he says, It doesn't have to be a lot of pain. Any little bit of pain, the emotional shock could kill him. He go from such extreme joy to pain, and especially here is, It can kill a person. So what do you do? What's the melibai. Thank you. You have to sort of calm him down and get rid of the tsar. How do you get rid of the tsar? He starts stroking his ego. So here he says, he was sameach v'tayv leiv. He saw Mordechai as such tsar, so he starts stroking his ego. And he starts telling him, oh, look at how gidloi b'mamayin, look how much money I have. Beisasher nisoi, the king, he gave me such covet and... It says, We're equals. She made a party. She's making a party for us. We're equals. Like Asher Lohem. He says, look, I'm equal. So that's how he calmed himself down from this emotional shock that he shouldn't die. And then he turns to them, He come along and he says that... Um, 
after all of this, he's no longer uh, he's no longer in a matzav of pikuach nefesh anymore, Haman, of dying from the shock. But he turns to his his family and he says, "And all of this is worthless. All this is worthless when I see Mardechai Yehudi Yoyshe Bishar Hamelech." Now, if you think about it, it's a crazy thing. He has all the all the possessions in the world. He has all the honor in the world. He has all the glory in the world. And Lemaisa, all of this, and this is what Amalek is. If Klal Yisrael is here, still in this world, if Klal Yisrael is here doing Torah and mitzvahs, If there's a Mordechai Yehudi Yoshev B'Shar Hamelech, everything, everything that I have is worthless to me. That's what Amalek is all about. That's what Haman is all about. They could have it all, but if there's one Jew sitting and learning Taira, if there's one Mardchai Tzadik in the world, everything is worthless. So Mamela, I have a problem here. I have it all, but I have nothing. That's how empty here uh, uh, Haman was. I have it all, but I have nothing if there's a Mardchai sitting in this world. But he, so he, but he wasn't in the Shara no. He was outside. Right. If the pastor keeps saying Bishar, it means outside. So he has Baruch Hashem a lot of advisors here. Haman We have an eitzer for you to take care of this problem. So we have an eitzer for you. That means to say as follows: that the difference between stam killing a person and hanging a person is that when a person is killed, the people don't see him afterwards. When a person's hanging, you can leave him hanging up for a while. You can feel the hana, the hana of the nakama of him hanging. So her first eitzah was, you're not just going to kill Mordechai. You're going to hang him up and you'll be able to get such hana in watching him. Now, why did she say make it 50 amas tall? So she was a very brilliant woman, Zeresh. We talked about her last year. She was a brilliant woman. She was a brilliant politician. She got her stable boy husband to be the king. That's what she was. And she said, we all know that Rio's is right? When you hear something, is one thing. But if you're able to see it, that really means a lot. So she made a mathematical cheshben with uh, whatever, however you figure that out how tall the gallows have to be in order that if you make a judgment of where he's going to sit with the king and the party, that he'll be able to see it. So she made a mathematical judgment in her mind and she figured out 50 amas will be that you're able to see the, um, the uh, Mordechai hanging, so you'll hang him up. And Now, the, the reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this was that when Charvain uh, is going to come along and say, Hey, look, there's the eights right there. HaKadosh was able to see it. That was Hashem's cheshman. Her cheshman was that he was able to see Mordechai hanging from there. Now, she was also a brilliant uh, person here, Zeresh, and she said, listen, you have to go in the morning to the king, meaning usually the ministers did not wake up early. And Adarabah, the more chash of the minister was, the later he showed up at the palace. He wasn't there early in the morning. So she said, listen, you have to go early in the morning to the king, not late like you always go to him. Why? Why? Because you need to tell him that there's this terrible guy, Mordechai, that we have to get rid of. Now, we have to make sure that there's no other ministers there. Because who knows, maybe there's a minister that's friends with Mordechai, and he'll tell the king, what, that's a bunch of lies, Mordechai's a great guy. So you have to be there first thing in the morning, early in the morning, and you'll tell him right away when no one's around, 
and the Yislu was Mardchai Olav, and then when the party comes, Uvayim Amelech Ala Mishta Sameach. Rebbe used to always say, uh, tongue in cheek, he'd say, Mistam Muhammad would say, Zeresh, what are you worried about? We vetted everybody in the palace. Any other palace is loyal to us. They're all Haman and Zeresh appointees. And she said, in politics, you have to be careful. You never know who's a closet, uh, you know, um, a, a fan of Mardchai. So go in the morning. Vayitav Hadover Lifnei Haman Vayas now, she never told Haman to make the eights. She told him an eitzah. She told him an eitzah. Yasu, let someone make the eights. But Kedarech HaRishayim, you give them an eitzah. Number one, they say it's their own eitzah. Well, great idea that I came up with. And therefore, not only that, since it's such a great idea, I'm going to do it myself. Vayasu eitz. He did it himself. He made it himself. Makes no sense. He's the second in command in the palace. And he's going and start building gallows. You have servants for that. No, Hasina. The hatred is Mekakelos Ashura. His hatred for Mordechai, it takes, it, it overrides all protocol. And therefore, he went himself and he, um, he, um, he made the eights. Now, what happens between Parakeh and Parakvav? So here we have Midrashim that we know, that uh, Haman went looking to see what's Mardchai doing on his last night in this world. And he found that Mardchai was learning with 22,000 children who were fasting and learning Torah. And he was so full with, with rage over them that he, um, he had them shackled with iron chains. They shouldn't escape. And he said, tomorrow I'm going to kill the children first. Like we mentioned yesterday at, at, at Chal Shudis, that he said he's always going to kill mitaf v'yadzakin. You kill the children first, so their parents should have to see their children die. That's Amalek Achzarius. The, the news spread that Haman did this, and it says that the, the measure says the mothers came, and they said, they looked at their children, and they said, you've been fasting for three days, you eat and drink. Why eat and drink? Not because we want you to eat and drink because, uh, because of, uh, and you're going to die anyways tomorrow. So the Midrashim say because they were afraid that the children wouldn't live long enough to be Meister Nefesh al Hashem. They've been fasting for three days. They might die before tomorrow when they have the opportunity to die al Kiddush Hashem that Haman should kill them. So they said, we're going to feed you so you should be able to live long enough. These were the mothers of Klai Yisrael to live long enough to be Moser Nefesh al Kiddush Hashem. The children said, no, they made a shvua, we're not going to eat, and we're not going to drink, we'll make it to tomorrow, and we'll die al Kiddush Hashem from a fast. And they started crying, and it says the cry went up to Shemayim. And at that time, the Rabbani Shalom was sitting, and he heard Ephesa cry, and he says, what's going on? What's this? It sounds like goats and lambs are crying. And Moshe Rabbeinu, we talked about this last year, Moshe Rabbeinu had told Elio Anavi to tell Mordechai Atzadik years before the Gzeira, that there's going to be a Gzeira, and when the Gzeira comes, Mordechai Shadavin Lemata, Elio Anavi said he was going to Davin Lemaila, and, uh, and, 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 um, and Moshe Rabbeinu said that when I'm going to have the opportunity, I'm going to speak up. This was his opportunity. HaKadosh Baruch who said, what's the sound that I hear? Moshe Rabbeinu stood up and said, it has nothing to do with goats and lambs, Rabbeinu Shalaylam. It's your children who have been fasting for three days and three nights. And the Rabbeinu Shalom was filled with Rachmanus. He took the Gzeira that he had made years and years before. The Gzeira, again, was years before the whole Purim story. It was when the Gzeira was already signed in Shemayim didn't come into place till HaKadosh Baruch who set up all the players, like we said last year, that when the Gzeira comes, the Yeshua will be ready. 
So what happened? He tore it up, and at that moment, at that moment, all of a sudden, the king got a little nervous, and he wasn't able to sleep. And he's been thinking to himself, Vav, what happened? He thinks to himself. He saw, he saw Esther be, um, be, risk her life to come to bring the king and Haman to this party. Mistama, there's something very big, a lot of pain, a lot of worry that she has. Now, for herself, she probably doesn't need anything. He made a cheshben. She's in the palace. What does she need? Mistama, she's looking for someone else. Now, who is she? She doesn't seem to have any family. She became the queen. Nobody's really here. So, who, who could it be that she's asking for? Must be, the king knew that she grew up in Mardchai's house. Mistama, it has to do with Mardchai. has to do with him. Now, why did she bring Haman? The king made a cheshben. Why did she bring Haman? Haman and Mordechai must be good friends. I think the king was the only person in the palace who didn't know the truth. He didn't know the truth. He says to himself, Mestama, they're good friends, and both of them are coming to ask for something for Mordechai. So now, she thinks to himself, what are they going to ask for already? Who knows? They're making such a thing. They might ask for, for who knows what. So he says, let me find out if... Um, if he's ever done anything, and if he's ever done anything, let me see if I could pay him back with something, and if that's true, then I'll come to the party, they'll ask, and I'll say, listen, it was done already, I don't have to give anything, it was done already. So therefore, this was what was bothering the king, and as like we saw, it was only because in Shemayim everything got taken care of, he woke up. Now he brought the Sefer HaZichroinus of the Divrei Hayomim. Divrei Hayomim are the Chronicles. Sefer HaZichroinus are like the cliff notes of the Chronicles. You don't want to read through years, hundreds of years of Chronicles. They used to make like a, a, a sikum of it, a, 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 a kitzer of it. So this is the Sefer HaZichroinus of the Divrei Hayomim. Just the main things. So now, so he brought the Sefer HaZichroinus and uh, and they were read in front of the king. The guy doesn't talk about this, but it's a famous medrash that says that used to be what would happen. The Yisav Lekach brings this down as well, that if someone did something good to the king, they wrote it in, and when he was paid up, they would erase it. So they were looking to see what happened. So who was the scribe? The scribe was Shamshai, or Shimshai, and he was the son of Haman, and he was reading it through, and he saw that it says that Mardchai did something to save the king's life. So he erased it. So Malach came and rewrote it. Again, why are Malachim here? Malachim are here because of the Tfilas of Klai Yisrael. As much as we're mispalo, Malachim show up to save us. He, he, he erased it, he rewrote it. He erased it, he rewrote it. Finally, Vayuni Kroim Lifnei Amelech. It was written there. Shamshai says, okay, I give up. Somebody is, uh, some ghost here is rewriting it. But I'm not going to say a word. I don't have to read it. Vayuni Kroim, the words read themselves. The Malach read it. The words read themselves to the king. Vayimotzei Chosov, Asher Higin, Mardachal, Bigzon of Aser, Shnei, Sari, Zemelech, Mishayim, Reasaf. It was the Malach Gavriel who came, the Chazal tell us, Asher Bikshu, Lishlei, Echad, Bamelech, Achashverish. So, fine. It turns out that yes, he had done something very big, Mardukai. It wasn't a small Kleinekite. He did something very big. And um, he was never paid for it. So, Vayemer HaMelech, or at least, Manasi Yikaruk Dula Mardukai Alzeh. Vayemer Nari HaMelech Mishor Maidavar. So the king says, let's see, what exactly has anything he asked when he heard it was written? He says, Manasi Yikaruk Dula Mardukai Was there any Yikaruk Dula? What are Yikaruk Dula? Yikar is covered. And Gedula, we had already numerous times, Gadol is money. Meaning, was there any honor that he received or was there any financial uh, prize that he received, payment that he received? 
So Vayoimru Nari Hamelch Mishoros of Leinasa Imaydavar. These are the Nari Hamelch. We've met the Nari Hamelch. Who are the Nari Hamelch? The Nari Hamelch are the butlers, the shoeshiners, the, the the cleaners, the janitors. These are the Nari Hamelch. The Nari Hamelch have two prominent roles in the Megillah. Long ago, in the beginning of Parak Beis, when we had a depressed king Achashverosh, a, debre- a depressed king who had the ability because he changed the law that it, who, whomever he wants to kill, he could kill. Whatever he wants, who exactly showed up in the palace when there was a depressed king there? Nobody. No minister showed up because if you get on his bad side, he could just kill you. But who unfortunately had to be there? The Nari Hamelech had to be there. Nari Hamelech sees a depressed king fetching over Vashti that she's dead. He misses her beauty. So they said, We have a wonderful idea for you. Let's make a beauty pageant and you'll find a new king. No yichus necessary. Don't worry. Vashti had yichus and that was your whole... Vashti was a granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar and that was your whole malchus in your malchus. You were a stable boy. Nah, that's not important. The only one thing is important, beauty. We don't care, like we said, religion, optional. Uh, family, everything was optional on the, on, the, uh, on the application for this thing. Now that was, like we said, it was all part of Atzis Hashem to get a Jewish Esther into the palace. That's the Nare HaMelech. If you would have asked a minister, an advisor, they would have told you that's the stupidest thing for anyone to do. Now we have again, Nare HaMelech Misharsov. They have another Eitz over here. Again, it's the middle of the night. No one's there. No ministers are there at all. Now, the, the Haman and Zeresh, like we said, they vetted the whole palace. They vetted the whole palace, at least in it. But there's a few people who slipped through the cracks. And that was the Nari HaMelech. Nari HaMelech don't play a big role anyways. What do they do? They're the janitors. They're the cleaners. Do you have to know who their alliance is to? Now, they actually hated Haman. Why they hate Haman? Because every time Haman was in mood of some covet, what did he do? He strolled through the Shar HaMelech and what did everyone have to do? Had to bow down. So if you were a minister, <laughs> you turned the corner, you found somewhere to go, you know Haman's in the mood of covet, he's in a bad mood, you stay away. The Nari HaMelech were there all the time. Every two minutes, Haman needed a burst of covet, he walked out of his office, everyone had to bow. These people hated Haman. Their knees, they needed knee replacements because of Haman, right? They, they, they hated Haman. So now, they hated Haman, they, now they knew Haman hated Mordechai, but they hated Haman even more. They weren't fans, the Gemara says they were anti-Semites too, they hated Mordechai too, but the Gemara says they hated Haman even more. Gemara doesn't say why. Rebbe, you say this is why. Very simple. So Vayavim and Nari HaMelech Mishrazov, they have a great idea here. Hey, we could get Haman now if we give cover to Mordechai. A regular Nari, a regular advisor would say, don't worry, we'll take care of him, we'll send him a proclamation, we'll take care of him, king, it's not your... No, So now, the king, this time around, is not depressed. He knows that, okay, but he's not going to ask his, uh, his Nari HaMelech for an eighth of what to do. That was the last time around when he was depressed. So he's looking around, are there any advisors? It's the middle of the night. Who is anyone in the courtyard? I need an advisor. I need an eitz over here. I need an eitzah. So remember, Zeresh gave him a great eitzah. Get there first in the morning. There'll be no fans of Mardchai there. So he not only got there first in the morning, he came in the middle of the night because he couldn't sleep. He was so excited. He thought to himself, well, Pasha, have to wait till the king wakes up in the morning. But... To his, to his dismay, the king can't sleep. The king's up, Gavaldic. So Haman's sitting right there, and he, um, he's here to tell the Melech, Lisle says, Mardachah le'eitz asher heichin loy. Sher heichin loy. 
So the Gemara says, Hey, Chanai means he prepared for himself. Now the guy says, So what are you trying to say with that? Terrence says, No one should have a Havamina, the Minashamayim, really there was a Gezer, Mardchai should be hanged. And then Hashem changed his mind and it turned to Haman. Originally, Hashem already had it in mind it's going to be Haman. Asher Hei from the beginning, Minashamayim, it was Haman's own gallows for himself. So, now again, if it would have been anybody else there, they would have gone to Haman and said, Haman, the king's in the mood of. of, um, of no, the king's. No, other Abba. The king wants to reward Mordechai. Get out of here. It's not good for you to be here. This is not good for you. But the Nari HaMelech, oh, they're having a party over here. Great, Haman. This is the. Haman's going to see the king rewarding Mordechai. They're so excited. So the king, sa- the king says, Yavai. So now, the king is also excited. Because he, he thinks Haman, who wants to also reward Mordechai. That's why Haman and Mar- Esther are making a party here. So he thinks Haman came early in the morning to already give some suggestions for later in the day. So to him, it's a Geval de Gazach. Punk Haman, the guy who he's trying to get to, re- and, and, he'll, and he'll have Haman do the reward. Then when they get to the party, Esther's going to say, reward Mordechai. He says, what do you mean? I just rewarded him with Haman this morning. We're done. I don't have to do anything. So what happens? Now you know, notice that the king skipped a word here. The first time he asked, Manasi Yakar Ugedula Lamardchai. Yakar was covered, Gedula was money. Here he just said, He wants to honor him. Now why? So the guy says, he left out Gedula by mistake. Because there was no way to give Haman any more money than he had. Haman was the highest he could be in the government. He was the second, the Mishnah Lamelech. He had as much money. To give him any more money, but covet, there's an endless amount of covet. He needs endless amount of covet. There's still more covet again. So if he would have said money and covet, Haman never would have thought it meant him. Money? No one could give me money. I have enough money. Must be someone else. But when he said, covet, covet, I could still use. Now, Haman had a very shverish aisle over here. And all of a sudden, things got playing. Because Haman came over here to tell the king to kill Mordechai. But, at the same time, the king's offering him some covet. Any normal person would say, slow down. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. I first have something very urgent. There's this terrible guy, Mordechai, over here. And we've got to get rid of him. That's the first thing we've got to do. That's what we have to do. But uh, Haman's ego over here for covet was starting to overcome him. Now, normally on a regular day, he had good political advisors, Zeresh and all Ayavav, who would tell him, Haman, get a hold of yourself. Covet is wonderful, but it only lasts for a certain amount of time. And what's he going to do already? He's going to put on a costume, parade himself around like the king. It's like a Purim spiel, you know, like Matzi Purim. You tell the kids, Purim's over, costume off, back to life. That's all it is. What's he doing? That's the covet that he's looking for. But Haman is here. And again, remember, Haman is, is a Malik. This is his whole life over here, is to get rid of Klai Yisrael, to get rid of Mardchai, and one second, covered, 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 covered. He's risking it. And all of a sudden, unfortunately, and this is what Zeresh didn't realize might happen. She didn't realize that uh, if she sends him off on his own, who knows what's going to happen. Um, so his covet got the best of him. So he put his plans for killing Mardchai, Klai Yisrael, Amalek. His whole life's mission, his whole mission that he was Yerush from Agog and from Amalek, he put it aside. Who else could the who else does the king want to give honor more than me? Again, if we would say Gedula, Gedula, no one can give me Gedula. Money I have enough of. 
So he said, So I have an Eitzor. He says, there's only one thing I'm missing. One thing I'm missing in covet, And that is to pretend I'm the king. I'm second to the king. So what else could he be? I can't be the king, but I can pretend for a little bit I'm the king. So let's bring the Levush Malchus HaShelovash Bay HaMelech. This is the Levush that the king wears on the day of his coronation. And the Sus HaSherach HaValav HaMelech on the day of his coronation. That's the Spitz of Kavod. Now, Venosan Halavush Vasus Ayarish Misaramelech Apartamim Velbishu Esish HaShamelech Havetz Bikaray So the Minig was that usually wasn't just a stable boy who would get the horse and everything ready because this is the king going to his coronation. So you have a chosh of a minister take care of it even though it's not normally his job to do. So he says, this is what you should do. The levush and the sus should be not servants doing it. The, 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 the minister does it because this is the spitz cover that we could do. So that's it. Haman over here with this, with this, with this covet that he has been, uh, he's drunk with, says this is what the king should do. So vayoymer hamelech lahaman maher kaches alavush vesasus kasher dibarta. So the king looked at this and said, "Wait, Haman." It's probably thinking this is from Mordechai, because I, I want to do it from Mordechai, and I'm assuming that's what the whole party with Esther's about, and he's here from Mordechai, so great, he's picked the greatest covet from Mordechai, it's not going to cost me much to do this covet, great, he'll have it done, we'll come to the party later, I'll say, I gave him the biggest covet. So he said, great, and since we want to give him the biggest covet, we'll use the biggest minister, makes the most sense. So you are the minister, so the Medrashim say, Targum Shein, he says that Haman started just going nuts. His eyes started bulging. His stomach started, started doing this. His, his knees started um, uh, shaking, knocking together. His whole body was in spasms when he heard, <laughs> what was that? Slow down. This supposed to be me. What are you, Mardchai? So he started arguing with the king. No, I said, which Mardchai? What Mardchai? No, you know something? It's not a good idea. Let's give him this. Let's give him that. Let's instead, we'll give him a province. We'll give him taxes. He ad kidei kach. Ad Haman says, I'm willing to tear up the Gzera. I'm willing to tear up the Gzera, which he didn't have a power to do. We didn't have the power to do that because but he says, I'm willing to do it. Now you think about it. Think about what's going on over here. That What's really going to happen? He's going to parade around Mardchai. Okay, swallow your covid and your tsar for a little bit because you're still going to come to come and you plan on killing all the Jews. You'll get rid of it. It's your life's mission. But he's willing to give it all up in order they shouldn't see Mardukai get a little covet. That's a bizarre to his own covet that he should have to do this. So the king told him, wonderful, great idea. Give him all. The one thing he couldn't do was tear up the Gzeira. Everything else, give it all to him. Everything that you've added in, throw it all in. So what happens? So... Chazal tell us that he came to he came to Mardchai. Mardchai was learning. They were learning the Indian. It was Tezayin Nisan. They were learning the Indian of the Carbon Haimer. And he said to him that um, the Carbon Haimer 
What? Kmitzah. The kmitzah of the of the carbon of that day. Yeah. So they he said to him that your ten uh, your carbon was mevatel the ten thousand silver coins that I had offered the uh, I had off, that I given Achashverosh to destroy to destroy the Jews. So there's a there's a there's a mitzvah. We didn't talk about. We talked a little bit this Friday night. There's a mitzvah. Amalek is kulei ra, the epitome of ra. And when it comes to Amalek, so the way we combat them on a general level is doing the epitome of toiv, toiv lishma, without any purpose. But the way you deal with Amalek themselves is midah keneged midah. They're cruel. You deal with them with cruelty. That's why we destroy mizachar about nekeva everybody. That's why it says in Aftarah vayishasaf shmuos agog. He cut him into pieces. In other words, he didn't just chop off his head. We never kill people by cutting them into pieces. Comes to Amalek. There's a special din of Chazarius. You torment. You torment them. So what happened? So Mordechai says, my chance here. So he says, one second, you're 10,000 silver pieces? I seem to recall you were once my Eved, and I never freed you. Call my Shekona Eved, Kona Rabba. You don't have 10,000 pieces, my 10,000 pieces. You gave away my 10,000 pieces to destroy us? They're not really yours. So he says, okay, So we know the story that um, the, the, uh, there were no bathhouses and there were no barbers open that day in Shushan. The Gemara says that Esther used the shame of Hashem to close them all up. No one was able to do anything. No one was able to do anything. And um, she did it. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it. The Gemara says that Esther ordered they should be closed. So the question the Gra asks is, well, how could she order they should be closed so that Haman should have to do it himself? That's a little bit too risky for her. She doesn't want to show herself as an enemy of Haman and a friend of Mardchai. So how could she do it? So the guy learns Shah the Gemara, she used one of the Shemus of Hashem, and that stopped. No one was open, no one was able to do anything. And this was all part of the torture for Haman that he has to now go. He was once a barber as well, and he had to go and he had to cut his cut Mardchai's hair, and he had to bathe him, and he went. Now, as we know the story, that his daughter saw this parade, threw some garbage down on his head, and his daughter, if you remember, Amalek came from Esav, and Esav had one mitzvah that he was a big tzaddik in, and that was Kibbutav. Now, Amalek, as much as there is Shaim, but Kibbutav is in their Messiah. When she realized it was her father that she did, she was Mavaz, her father, that was Mamish, such torture for her that she committed suicide. She jumped out the window, which is very good, Midah Kenegad Midah, because you remember, Haman wanted to kill Mitaf Viadzakein kill the children in front of their parents. That's the Achzarius of Amalek. So he lost his child. His child died right in front of his eyes. That was part of the Midah, Keneged Midah. So let's just do a, a little bit more here to see what happens. Vayoshev Mordechai Shah Melech. Now Mordechai is not done. The Yeshua hasn't come. Something happens here. Mordechai didn't go and say, okay, we're done. He went back to the Shara Melech. He's back to his Levush Sok. He's back to Davening. He's back to his Taira. Vahaman Nidchaf El Beisai. Now Haman... Usually, he walked very slowly, strutted through the town. Everybody saw the Hamans coming. Whether they had to bow down or not, they gave him covet. But now, he was just mevuzah. He ran. Nitzchav means he ran very, very, very quickly because he was afraid to stand anywhere. He didn't stop for anything. He ran straight to his house and he came, Avel v'chafui roish. So Avel, the guy learns because here he went to hang Mardchai and instead he ended up honoring him. But Chafui Reish was that he was impushed embarrassed that he was the one who had to go and be the barber and the bather and do all these things. Abel for his child. So Abel means for his child, yeah. But the guy learned Abel was on the situation. Um, the guy doesn't bring down the issue of the child, so that's why he's not going with that Mahalach. So now what happens? Now let's think what happens. Zeresh and Oyavov, they have thought, listen, 
Haman must have gone to the king, told him that Mardchai uh, needs to be killed. There must have been somebody else there who said, no, Mardchai is a great guy. And they fought it out. The king won. And um, that's why he said, go honor Mardchai. So they figured our whole plan was wrong. Our whole plan that we thought you'll get there early and you'll be able to kill Mardchai. I guess it just didn't happen. So, finished. But Haman comes along and says, what are you talking about? That's not what happened. I didn't get a chance yet. Karahu is like a mikra. There was a coincidence that happened there. I didn't get a chance to say what I wanted. It happened to be the king was on another subject of honoring Mordechai. So he made me honor him. But I could still kill him. I could still go to the Mishnah and I could still kill him. They're not totally zebezeh. Says the Groh, Chachamov are the, the, the astrologers. They were Chachamim who understand Mazalas. And they said, listen, the Eitzah we gave you the first time, that was in the world of Teva. In the world of Teva, go there early. You'll, everything will work out. You'll be able to kill to kill Mardchai. But ain't Mazali Yisrael. There's no Klaizel doesn't live in the world of Teva. And if they're not in the world of Teva, and they told him. This is not a coincidence. You're making a mistake. It's not a coincidence that you happen to be there and this is what happened. Now you'll be able to kill Mordechai. No, Mordechai is on his way up now. You're starting to fall. And you can't go, we can't give you any more Eitzes because we're not in the world of Teva. Ain't Mazali Yisrael. We don't know how to deal with this world. But if Klai is on the way up, you're going to be on your way down. And it says that Haman argued with them. And he says, what do you mean? I'm from Amalek. We don't believe in Lamayla Minah Teva. Everything's Teva. There's no Rabbanisham in the world. Everything is Teva. Everything is Mazolus. When Amalek fought against Kla Yisrael and Barshas Beshalach, what they do? They picked the people who Alpi Mazol couldn't die that day. That's the ones they sent to war. Everything was Alpi Ateva. Because they don't believe in Hashem. So Haman's saying, no, it was all coincidence. I still want to do... Now, they were fighting back and forth comes along Ashkacha Pratis and says, who knows who's going to win here? The Chacham of Zeresh Ishtai, they might finally convince Haman not to go to the king to say to kill Mardchai. So, they're still speaking with him, meaning they're still fighting. And the Sarisei HaMelech Now, part of what was going to happen, just stop for a moment, if they win the argument and they say, don't kill Mardchai, they're going to tell him, take down the gallows. <laughs> Forget it, the whole story's over. Take it, hide it, put it away for another time. But they didn't have time to do anything. They're still arguing. The Sarise HaMelech so says the guy, this is part of because we need those gallows. We need to be able to point to the gallows that Haman made if he took it down, so that's going to ruin the story at the end. And not only that, later on, when Charvaina was the one who said, so, um, so, Chazal tell us Charvaina was one of these Sarisim, meaning he was there and he heard Mardchai, I mean, he heard Haman saying, I still want to kill Mardchai. So, therefore, he was able to say, I witness that that is the Eitz the, Asher um, the, Haman, that he still wants to kill him, meaning after you, the king, honored him, right? You honored him. I heard Haman saying, I still want to kill him. I still want the gallows up. So, while they were still arguing, and that was important for the whole story, 
Hayu. So by Avhilu Lahav Haman, in a rush they brought Haman. Haman should have said, what do you mean? Uh, give me a minute. No, we're in a rush. You got to come right now. That was all part of Minashamayim in order that there should be Haman's downfall. Now imagine Haman, we'll have to stop over here. Imagine Haman coming to the party. He just had this garbage dumped on him, right? At the time he came, you know, Rev Dovis used to say, there's a little stench in here. What's going on? Haman, what happened to you? But uh, he had nothing to say. He became, by Avilu Lahavias Haman, this was all part of the Ashkocha Pratis that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put it together, the Bez Hashem in the next parak, as Esther comes and pleads for Klai Yisrael, and Haman has nothing to say, he ends up going on the same gallows that he built, Asher Heichin Lai. Yes.